Welcome to episode 252 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. I'm Brian Levin. This week we hung out with Muan Chu. She is a web systems engineer at GitHub. Uh, before that, she was a product designer, and we get to talk all about how she transitioned from the title product designer uh, to being a web systems engineer. Uh, before we get into the episode, we want to thank our sponsors for making this episode possible. First up is our good friends at Abstract. Abstract is version control for your design that is secure and collaborative and in the cloud and your whole team can get involved in your design process now without ruining any files it lets you yeah no bad files it lets you collaborate without worrying about overriding each other's changes corrupting each other's files having to manage multiple files of the same design on different people's computers it's a single source of truth uh, that everyone saves to Uh, all the version history is retained so if a mistake is ever made you can just go back to a point in time when things work Uh, it's it's the change that design tooling has needed for a long, long time and development tools have had for forever. Yeah, uh, I, I literally can't think, I can't imagine the, the engineering process without this. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's finally coming to design too because really, it's been needed. Very, very badly needed. So it Abstract actually extends upon uh, the tools that developers use every day, uh, which is Git, uh, to host and manage work, uh, to retain all the information about things that you're doing over time Uh, and because abstract is in the cloud it means you can collaborate with people that don't have sketch on their computer which means all the stakeholders in your company so not only do you get the version control so people can collaborate with you safely but now you can share it more effectively and actually design products together with your team uh, regardless of the tooling they have on their computer you can gather feedback remotely you can get people's input on like what things need to be done still and like all sorts of stuff this is a level up for your entire design and product development process you mud- you'd be crazy if you weren't using this today so go try it uh, they're offering a free month trial at goabstract.com uh, you just sign up get your team onboarded that first month is free uh, you should do it it will change the way that you work and make your life so much better and give you a lot of peace of mind that your work is always safe. So thanks once again to Abstract for sponsoring the show. Our second sponsor is Swipeys. So when you uh, want the opposite of version control and the opposite of the cloud, you draw on a piece of paper that can be erased <laughs> forever. It's, yeah, it's basically the exact opposite. Swipeys is wet erase paper. It is... Uh, um, Imagine a mobile whiteboard that doesn't get smudged or swiped off uh, in your backpack. So it is portable, it is transferable, uh, but when you are ready for it to be wiped clean, you just wet it, wipe it, and you- You swipe it. Swipe it. Wet it, wipe it, swipe it, bop it, got it, good it, did it, stronger, faster, better. That's a really good new tagline for them. Thank you for that, Brian. You're so good at this. TM, TM, TM. We've been using Swipeys for- our work on Spectrum, it's been like on Spectrum. Three spec years for, since we got our ever. first ones. Uh, we have the dot grid version, so we can quickly take notes or drop a wireframe of a design. They're all dot grid, right? Are they all dot grid? They were when I looked. Okay. Uh, and we even got our own customized with our logo on the bottom corner. Yeah. Uh, which is super awesome. Mm-hmm. You should do the same. Uh, if you want a better way to take notes, to draw wireframes and mockups, and just sketch designs or development in general, uh, you should get some swipeys today. And my my preference would be that you convince your team or company to do it. 
Um, Brian's personally I invested preference. Personally, prefer if you just got your company to be It'd like. Really, be doing me a solid if you just got your whole company just to do everyone it. Everyone do it. Well, the thing is, if everybody's on board, it makes sharing them around easier, and uh, Swipeys can uh, provide custom branding, so you have a nice, uh, you know, option there for your company's logo on the corner. So it adds a nice feel. It's a little bit unideal that the name like gives the idea that people are going to steal them but because people will steal them people will steal them because they are so <laughs> awesome when they see them i took them to facebook one day and my co-workers were back when you worked at facebook a long time ago facebook, uh they were like how can i get these it's just uh again a level up uh it's going to change the way that you take notes and draw and and ideate on your designs i had a whole drawer full of them at figma and i yeah. just like pass them around Go get a bunch. Go to swipi.es, that's Swipeys. Order some for yourself, give it a try. Uh, and then as soon as you are convinced, which you will be, be sure to get your team and company on board, get that custom logo option. And if you use the code SPECFM at checkout, you'll get 10% off your entire order. Yeah, so go to swipi.es, use that promo code SPECFM, and get 10% off your order. Your entire order, the whole dang thing. The whole gosh dang thing. Thanks again to Swipeys. And with that, let's get an episode 252 with Muan Chu. Hi, my name is Muan. I work on Web Citizens team at GitHub. Perfect. Uh, tell me what that means. What, <laughs> what is the Web Systems team? A Web Systems team is basically a team that does JavaScript, but as well as the part that connects to the front end with back end. Okay. Uh, give me like. That includes like templating systems or okay. um, SS pipeline. Cool. I see. Uh, you guys living in that grunt life? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... Actually? Uh, oh, really? <laughs> I mean, oh, sorry, not, not grunt, but um, I actually don't work on that part. I'm probably okay. the person that's most front-end oriented in the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So what, what parts do you work on? I work on web components now, um, extracting mm. JavaScript behaviors from our app into components that we can share across different apps. So components are obviously like the thing right now, but yes. why web components as a system? Like, why did you pick that system? Or even just a primer on web components for uh, people that might not know that much about them, like me. <laughs> I feel like that's most people, to be honest. And most people, yeah. Like, what are web components? Let's start there. Uh, web components, the the web the standard API, and it includes Shadow DOM spec and custom element spec. And to be honest, I got into this project just because we had a few custom elements that we we're already using. That's V zero spec, mm-hmm. and um, we wanted to add more. And since we are already using custom elements, we just want to upgrade in and then. Like see how it goes and then add more if it goes well. And so what I initially work on is upgrading all the V0 components. For example, we have one that's time element that just you can use a local dash time element to show local time to any computers, but uh-huh. you use it just as HTML tag. So it takes all the like complicated math calculating um, script away. So people could like write it as a HTML tag and expect magic to happen. And so I worked on upgrading all of that and uh, that was, sorry, I forgot the rest of the no, questions. Uh, okay, would this be like an alternative to something like React or Vue or Angular? Is it, I think does they, it fit that paradigm? 
no, definitely not because they、okay. all do a lot more、okay. than cousin illness. But what we are looking to solve with cousin illness is just the part that I mentioned, just sharing、uh, behavior as simple as、um, sh- showing the local time across different apps. So. People shouldn't be expected to pull the whole of a, another framework like view just because they want to show local time on a website.、Definitely. So, for example, they can use it on the one pager side on like and in this the HTML、Got、without、it. any other dependencies or a build process. Nice. How do you like working on it? I like it, but like <laughs> it's still、uh, early-ish, just because you do need polyfills even with Firefox right now. But they are adding it soon-ish. What What does even with Firefox mean? <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, sorry.、Uh, native support for custom elements and Shadow DOM hasn't come to Firefox yet, but will soon. Yeah. So this is what's surprising to me is like the fact that there is a、uh, a company as as large and well known as GitHub, like really. Investing in something so experimental and early on,、um, yeah. like, you're figuring out a lot of the problems with the spec, right? Yeah,、um, right. We also have to like some progress to、um, the polyfill repositories and like figuring out what problem, what the problems, and opening issues at the browser bug、mm-hmm. issue trackers. But、uh, I think. I've only been on web systems for、um, a year and a little bit more, and actually, to my surprise, I actually also thought that as a big like app that a lot of people are using, we probably shouldn't use experimental technology. But our team actually does a lot of that. We try to use new web technology and try to see if there's ways that we can give feedback to browser vendors, and、um, so everyone can improve. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool, and I actually find it super stressful. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because that, those would be bugs that you can Google. Like, you, yeah, there's no one gonna ask already ask that on Stack Overflow. <laughs> yeah, that would be、um, potentially the most stressful Google search of my life <laughs> to to have a programming problem and no Stack Overflow results show up. Yeah, and that's stressful. And then、yeah. like, I would need to spend hours just. Thinking about what's the right way to ask these questions, like I bug my friend that works on Chrome a lot. Just be like, "Is this a stupid question? <laughs> and would the browser actually do this?" Wow, <laughs> that sort of thing.、Um, so it's super early. I'm curious what your experience has been, or what you're excited about with web components.、Uh, mostly, I am super on board with web components, just because it would be part of the web spec. Like it would stick around. It wouldn't. Be a custom thing. It will come with people's browser,、hmm. and well, eventually one day we will stop needing to polyfill it. So that's、um, one of the best part of it. The theoretical future seems pretty、yes. like awesome. <laughs> yeah, and but, but we are even though I think it's still early. We are a lot closer than like two years ago. Okay, so approximately、uh, two years closer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, okay, so it's gonna eventually. Polyfills are taken care of, and it's like, what does that mean for? Can we clarify what polyfills means for people? Like, we also,、oh. yeah, yeah.、Uh, I'm gonna do it.、Uh, so there's this brand new technology that none of the browsers support. So you need to find a、um, easy, well, not easy.、Uh, usually, <laughs> opposite of easy. <laughs> usually, you need a lot more script to make up for this missing feature,、mm. but you just. Polyfill is the script that you 
right and include on your site to make that magic feature appear. I like guess a, like a fallback. Yes. Yeah. Well, fallback would be a completely like different glucode, thing, I think, right? Right. Glucode. Glucode, where like it it has to connect one thing to like a bunch more things just to make the one thing work. Maybe. Huh. <laughs> I've not heard of glucode. Can you uh, define that? Yeah, you did. I mean, that's yeah, like defining polyfuel functions. I think the gorilla glue of of the internet. Okay, unbreakable. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're writing a lot of polyfills, but let's fast right. forward. I, I'm mostly using Google's polyfill, but also finding issues in it. <laughs> I see. Yeah. For example, we are not using Shadow DOM just because Shadow DOM is actually not polyfillable because it's really uh, it has a lot of low level features. What's the Shadow DOM? Oh, sorry. Shadow DOM is um, not really a poly <laughs> it's a polyfill that's supposed to let you use Shadow DOM, but it's not really a polyfill because it can't do most of the things that Shadow DOM does. Okay. <laughs> For example, one of the things <laughs> dumb but darker. Yeah, for example, there's one thing that is <laughs> supposed to uh, hide elements away from the when you do query selector, or is supposed to hide the shadow on elements from the tree. And so to do that, you basically have to patch the query selector all function, and that's just super unexpected, and it turns out to be really slow. So, huh. Who would have known? Yeah. And then, so for example, to find out that bug, I actually have to go read uh, Shadow Dom, uh, Shady Dom source code oh God. to see like why the performance was bad. <laughs> um, you seem like a very patient person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so before I started to do this, I find like this, kind, I imagine this kind of things to be super boring. And it is kind of. <laughs> it's also very interesting when you find the answers, just because it's not like stack overflowable. So yeah. it's uh, rewarding. So in the future, what kind of impact or what what do you see web components doing for web developers as a community? Uh, I think in a way it simplifies. It it makes a it gives you the power to make really small chunk of amazing behaviors accessible. Mm. So you wouldn't need to call a complicated function just to make a local time appear on screen. You just write local dash time in a string mm. of the date mm -hmm. and it would just happen. And that in a way make it easier for everyone to build websites. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super on board with that. Uh, would you recommend people to start playing with it casually or do you feel like it's still too early for, for depends on how many browsers you need to support <laughs> <laughs> uh let's assume all of them then um, that's a lot that's way yeah. more than we support <laughs> all of them include ie 10 last two years ie6 ie6 plus <laughs> then maybe you just write html and no javascript <laughs> yeah you, you can't maybe even you, use most css <laughs> maybe you just throw your computer in the trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah but for example, if people are building Electron apps, that would be a perfect playground for custom elements because you have all the support. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Single target. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And tell me a little bit about what that's like at GitHub. Like, How many people are you doing this with? Um, what does that workflow even look like to have this like crazy experimental uh, <laughs> exploration that needs to be done? 
Uh, so I think on our team, probably mainly just me and two other people works on this. And um, but previously there has been other people who wrote the V zero um, custom elements. I just started to do the upgrading part and then started to try to find um, patterns on our side that can be extracted out. For example, um, one one of my colleagues recently did the auto complete element. So you can do auto dash complete with the URL that's supposed to have the results back, and then that wrapping an input inside. So you can write really simple HTML and then just expect that when you type in the input, the results won't come up and then you will include all the list navigation and how you submit the form. Nice. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Is that like the new search bar in the, the GitHub header? <laughs> no, <laughs> not <someday>. yet. Because <laughs> that was a new thing that launched. So recently. just yes. handles type ahead for you? Yes. Dang, that's yeah, awesome. That's Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's I, like a lot of boilerplate in other frameworks. Yes. Yeah. And then, for example, one of the first elements I wrote was actually image crop. So when you upload an avatar on GitHub, there's a cropping screen. And so the image crop element, you basically just write image dash crop with the URL of the image. And then it will return, like it will show up as a croppable, uh, interactable image. Wow, and then you can awesome. listen to a custom event, which will give you the latest uh, crop dimension. And okay, again, I don't know anything about web components, so I don't, I'm pretty naive here. But <laughs> you are creating these pretty awesome things, like the type ahead, the image crop. Now, can those web components be open source, and then I, as a third party developer, can import them from from some registry and use them in in my product? Yes, absolutely, and also today, because um. I don't know if autocomplete uh, is open sourced yet, but it probably should be because we are definitely doing that um, as soon as possible. And image crop is already open source. So it's as simple as just adding the script on your site and it's all compelled to use non-ES6 syntax. So I see. Uh, it's not going through like a node module. It's like different... Uh, you install it through npm, but you don't need Node. So. But you can also copy the build file if you <laughs> so desire. That's not, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um. And oh, sorry, you asked about the process. Yeah. Like, so now we have a couple, probably uh, close to eight different custom, sorry, close to 10 different custom elements. And now we're just trying to find places on our side that's using a pattern that's reusable and we want to simplify the code. For example, some behaviors right now might depend on 10 different classes for them to behave the way they do right now on GitHub. And if we can pull all that out, people just write an HTML tag, then that will make development a lot quicker and easier. That's how mm -hmm. we are going about. I see. And so over time, all of GitHub will be web components? <laughs> Probably not all. We still... Try to GitHub, the web component <laughs> company. <laughs> so there are definitely, I don't think the vision is to have a big web component tag that includes all the different web components. You just write one element, GitHub, close the tag, <laughs> and it runs. Everything's yeah. perfect. <laughs> so that's not the goal. Okay. <laughs> but I think that, that would, would be dope. <laughs> It'd be something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually just started to um, try to use components 
inside of different components, and it's so far been working well. But um, it would be another story to be nesting like ten levels deep. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Okay. Are web components only used for functionality, or do you ever use them to like encapsulate styles and like build out a- according to your style guide or things like that? We don't currently. Custom elements are only used for um, interaction-based behaviors. Okay. And we still want people to rely um, for styling. We still want people to rely on adding class to the custom element tag, and that's mainly because we are not using Shadow DOM because. Sh- Shadow Dawn has limited polyfill ability. Sorry, that's not it's a word. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, sh- sh- uh, Shady Dom is not performant enough for us to use on our on our production site, so we're not using it at all right now. Okay. But uh, Shadow Dawn is supposed to be the spec that help people do like CSS encapsulation. And since we don't have that yet, we are really separating that part from our scope. Okay. Got it. That's cool. Uh, so you've been working on this for a year and a little bit? Yes, close to a year. Uh, why did you start working on this? Uh, I started working on this mostly because I switched to this team. <laughs> yeah, tell me what happened. So previously I was on the design system thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a really long story that doesn't really <laughs> explain why I'm working on web components. Oh, that's fine. I want to hear it. <laughs> so when I started at GitHub, uh, I was a product designer. I work on product features, and then when was that for context? Sorry, when was that? Oh, context? that was five years ago. Oh, Dang. <laughs> yeah, and get out for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. So for the first three years, I was a product designer, and then uh, the thing that I liked most about being like at GitHub and as a product designer is that we don't we didn't usually we didn't have a clear divide between code and design. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where my skills lies. And so I didn't have to choose. And I think as the company grew bigger, we become like sort of more specialized. We still have most of the designers code, but um, we also have really skilled front-end engineers to help with most of the front-end code. And that's when I realized I probably um, lean more towards in I wanted to an engineering path for myself. Hmm. So that's when I left product design and then joined design systems because I was also really passionate about accessibility in the company and design systems is a huge part, like the foundation, the building block for the whole site mm-hmm. and accessibility need to start from there. And then I realized I really want to grow as an engineer. <laughs> so that's when I joined web systems in move under the engineering department officially. Got it. Can you tell me a little bit more about that realization? Like what happened that sort of tipped you from being on the design side to wanting to focus I kind of need to go even more um, back. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so when I graduated <laughs> from school, um, I wanted to find a job as a foreign engineer. I never wanted to be a designer. Mm-hmm. But then I had a design degree, and then Wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, hang on, pause. Yeah, let's, let's just, just let's, let's just go back. Yeah. Let's just go back because like we got to figure out how you okay, even got how here. How far back? Where'd you grow up? <laughs> Where were you from? The beginning. The okay, beginning. I grew up in Taiwan. Okay, uh-huh. Taipei, and then I lived there for the whole time till I um, was nineteen. Uh, I took a, the the entry exam for universities, and then I didn't 
got into the school I wanted. I wanted to do industrial design at the time. And I didn't have the score to get into that one. So I went to my second uh, choice, which is uh, majoring in French. Wow. Which didn't make any sense. <laughs> All right. That's very different. Yeah, it is. Uh, so my two passions at the time was um, industrial design and language. French. Or language, <laughs> yeah. What did what? you want to do with industrial design? Uh, I just was... So at the time, actually, most of my friends uh, expected me to study visual design or computer science because that was my passion before Like I was building websites already when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. and Was that like for side money or for fun or... Uh, side money and fun and I do that for schools which give me okay. better scores at school so I wouldn't get kicked <laughs> out <laughs> that actually helped me at that's one point that's awesome yeah. yeah and then but then I realized that well I I had the uh, idea that since I could have learned web design on my own through the internet I didn't have to go to a school to learn it and industrial design is something that I think I can't learn by myself. I need a school, mm-hmm. I need a workshop, I need like to learn uh, research methods in the proper course. So that's why I wanted to do industrial design. And because my uh, my goal is to get into a public school, I don't know if that's the same meaning here, but it's cheaper. And my score didn't um, take, like wasn't high enough for me to get into a public inter- industrial design department. So, second one was French, anyways, and but I had this whole life planned out for myself when I was in high school. Like I'm gonna do industrial design. I'm gonna not have time to eat. I would be so much homework, and I would stay in the workshop all the time. But uh, instead, I end up in a French department, and people like go out for afternoon tea and date a lot. That's pretty <laughs> chill. Little, yes, very chill. And then after half a year, I just realized like this is not the life I wanted. Oh. You did not want the chill life. You wanted the don't eat because you're working too hard. Yes. Oh, why? <laughs> like I, I thought I liked design. <laughs> I mean, I do still like design. But anyways, and um, at the time, my brother was already studying abroad. So I asked my parents if like they would let me study abroad as well. Or like the other option is that I uh, take a year off and then, well, I do the first year of university again. And the the two, one option is do the first year again or go to the UK and study a three-year university course so I can still graduate at the same time as all of the people at my same age in Taiwan. And so I eventually got into this school in the UK to do industrial design. But there it's co-product design. What's the school? Uh, Birmingham, uh, Birmingham Institute of Art and Design. Cool. It's also uh, in a city where... I, I have no prior knowledge of, uh-huh. and I didn't know that they have a really super strong English accent. And uh-huh. so when I got there, I actually have no idea what people are talking about. Oh, God. Yeah. So what'd you do? Uh, I was really sad for six months, and then I got over it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she lived in the workshop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, um, that's how I managed to get a design degree from, like, wanting to design French and then design again. I see. What did expectations of being an industrial designer match with the reality of going and, and studying and learning about it? Completely not. <laughs> oh no! What was the difference? Uh, one of the reasons is also because initially I was thinking about I might apply for um, industrial design in the U.S. and product design in the U.K. And then what I didn't realize is that the school um, 
the teaching methods are very different. For example, at the time I realized, for example, our center in California, their product design department requires students to make maybe make like two hundred sketches a week for the sketch course. But for us in my school at the time, they were like the requirement was three sketches, and you can do more if you want, but they don't really mind. But and the difference is that we will probably allocate four months of time just to do research, and I think that's not like the emphasis on which part of design is more important is completely different. Like you don't need to be an excellent sketcher, or you don't need to be able to make the model perfect, but you need to know how to like how you go about thinking,、mm. making design decisions. But for me personally, I actually like the making part more. I like the the craft. Yes, the craft of like、yeah. being an excellent sketcher, and people understand what you're communicating, and being able to polish the furniture to a certain degree. <laughs> so that was a big、um, difference in expectation when I finished the course, and yeah, I sometimes I、uh, regret going to the UK for that. Just because I want to learn the craft, and so I keep thinking about taking a carpenter lesson or something at one point in my life. I see, but you stuck it out. Yes, I stuck it out. And, and, <laughs> and what happened when you finished? I finished, and then realized I don't have enough passion to treat、um, product design as a job to make money. <laughs> product design in the industrial design context. Yes.、Right? Well, so actually, my、um, major was in the interior product design, so I did furniture basically.、Got、okay.、It. Yeah, and I actually did an internship in London for furniture design, and then as soon as <laughs> I actually by the end of the internship, I was making their websites for them. <laughs> and then you're like, I, ah, chairs, not that fun. Yeah, websites, pretty cool. <laughs> well, so I think chairs are super fun, but the thing is, making for like furniture design as a business has ninety percent non-furniture related things, like manufacturing or like. Just a lot of client work, which、mm. is not actually making a chair. So I see. I think that's the part that wore wore me out. And so,、um, one of the thing is also back in university, the the thing that I did best at was the three D rendering course. I realized. Yeah, three D rendering is super fun. <laughs> It is,、yeah. and then I can just spend hours and hours and hours doing that, and then I realized that. I really like computers, and I can the like I have enough passion towards computer that I wouldn't get、um, burned out as easily. Okay. So I thought I would just go back to doing computer things. That's why when I actually started to find a job, I look for a front end engineer job. Okay. And then people see I have a design degree, and so they say, "Why don't you be a designer that codes?" And what did you say? I said sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, where did you start?、Uh, I started at a really small startup in London, which had five people, and、uh, it was a <laughs> it's an amateur sports club basically, and、okay. for people to organize pickup games. Cool. And then I was really lucky because that company, after I think two months after I joined, they got invested by five hundred startups. Okay.、Mm-hmm. In Mountain View, and so the whole of our company moved to Mountain View. Ah, okay. For it, and then in that trip, I met a lot of people, learned a lot of things. Uh, was that your first time in California? It 
no, but uh, first time long term, I had traveled here. But. I see. Uh, how did it strike you as compared to what was going on in London or even back home in Taipei? Oh, I spent four months in Mountain View. Mountain View was um, not the biggest. Pretty exciting, <laughs> popping off, nightlife. Uh. No, so it was very boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But Mountain View has perfect weather every day, uh-huh. and I like you, that. I hear you can view mountains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yes. And if you cross them, you can view the ocean. <laughs> oh, so at the time, I was actually also living with um, my coworkers, and we all like rented a big house, and like me along with four other guys mm-hmm. and our CEO's family living wow. under the same roof. That sounds <laughs> intense. Yes, sounds it was like very intense. <laughs> Silicon Valley. Yes, yeah. it was totally that, but it was also a very valuable experience for me. Because what way? Uh, because I wouldn't have had a chance to come to California and be so close to Silicon Valley, which is like for me that was unimaginable, really. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, what What did you find in terms of like they hired you to do the design who codes role? Did you end up like getting forced down the design path more, or did you have the chance to actually? you know, learn and, and flex the, the development oh, stuff. In that company, it was actually the best chance for me to learn because the company was so small, so you kind of had to do everything. Right. So it was a great learning opportunity, but it was also great in the sense that our company actually decided to completely rewrite, <laughs> do a complete rewrite after we got invested. Oh <laughs> and that's like most startups, right? It is, right? <laughs> we got seed funding. We write it off from scratch. Let's do it. <laughs> we ha- we now have infinite time and infinite resources. Let's start over. <laughs> exactly. So the site was in Drupal, and then they decided to write the whole thing in Rails. Well, like none of us actually knew Rails. Sounds like a prudent business decision. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but it was amazing for me because I got to learn Rails with our backend engineers. Yeah. And so that's how I kind of first got into backend. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then since I built like the whole Rails app by myself, and that's really cool. Uh, that's awesome. I remember being really uh, feel a feeling of st- uh, feeling like I was stuck because I don't know how to deal with database before, and all I can do is a static website, and that was really limited for myself. And then learning Rails changed the whole thing, the whole game. Uh, would learning Rails be something you'd advise to? people learning how to program and want to break past the, oh, I know HTML and CSS, but I want to do something more? I think so, but like definitely depend, depends on the goal. Sure. Because, for example, I care about making um, flashy pages a lot less. I care about like how do I get users to input data and save it. Uh-huh. And that for me is the most amazing thing because you can empower other people to do things that they probably previously wouldn't be able to do mm-hmm. like the user input parts <laughs> important sure yeah it, uh, are you still a, a fan of rails as like a, a learning mechanism for that uh, I think rails for me was easy to learn but de- definitely it was also because the the opportunity I had at the company to learn with our back engineers for sure and I also don't have any other language to compare with except the one. I actually learned Perl when mm-hmm. I was 10, okay. and that was a horrible experience. <laughs> okay. So I wouldn't recommend learning Perl. 
Good to know. One recommend learning Perl. Got it. <laughs> yes. So how long did you stay at that startup? Six months, actually. Okay. So as soon as everyone got back from uh, from Mountain View to London, most people quit. Oh, no. Yeah. They're like, Four months in one house with each other. <laughs> Fuck this rewrite. <laughs> yeah, I think the intense experience of living on the same roof with everyone was not very healthy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you then, quit as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so then actually one of my, um, I went to a new company with one of the, my co-worker from the last one. Mm-hmm. In London? Yes. Okay. And then that was a four-people startup. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you really just seek out like painfully hard, <laughs> uh, time-sucking uh journeys i guess well or you can put it as a really great learning experience <laughs> you know what you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't like because people debate about this a lot like whether or not you should take really small amount of money but learn a lot like i don't you certainly learn a lot at startups yes like, especially early on mm-hmm. yes and i thought for me that was beneficial as well as today because i ended up getting the chance to work at github <laughs> but i i for me, that wasn't a, ch- um, a choice for me to make because I w- didn't have like high paying jobs waiting for me. Mm. Like that was the best chance I get. And then the best thing I can do is take that chance and then learn as much as possible. Yeah. That's great. So then I went to that another tiny startup and that was also an amazing learning opportunity because our CEO actually did this um, morning meetup thing where he He's also a coder. He teach like basics, uh, basics of Git to us, to me and my coworkers, and that's when I learned how Git rebase work really, really well. <laughs> okay, Git rebase expert Muanchu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprisingly like um, knowledgeable in that area, but I don't get to use it anymore because oh. we don't rebase. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's okay. You can write a blog post about it and teach, <laughs> teach the rest of us. I still have like sketches of the like how Git rebase work on Tumblr <laughs> somewhere. Oh, cool. Yeah, you should share those. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Brian's yeah. like, I don't use Tumblr. I don't know how to do this. I also, I, mean, use, I also don't use rebase. I also don't use <laughs> Tumblr anymore. That's like it's buried That's Tumblr, somewhere. Right? That's why I mean. Yeah. <laughs> or Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what was the second startup? Uh, is uh, trying to build a product that's better than Google Group. Okay. But basically, huh. Google Group. <laughs> forums. <laughs> yeah, it's forum, but email threads. Huh. Email threads, interesting. All right. Yeah. And was that a also a sort of like um, hybrid design development role or at that yes. point? Yes. Okay. And it's, I think most of startup can actually afford having like designers completely only do visual and don't touch code. I think uh, that's been my experience for the most part. I, yeah. I don't know how widespread that is, but yeah, that's, that's been how my experience has gone. Yeah, so I think the specialized thing only comes in when you go into the a big company. Yeah, and yeah. So that was the case for the second startup, and then I stayed there for six months. Did you do? <laughs> you did some engineering at Buffer, right? Uh, very light. Yeah. Okay. It, it was nice. It was like an on ramp. They used uh, PHP and javascript it was very nice they use php <laughs> no it was, an, it was an, i meant the experience of being there was a nice yeah. on-ramp to it because there were engineers that were patient enough to let me like 
poke around and mm. help unblock me, even though they could have obviously done it a lot faster and better. They were willing to put in the the time and the, you know, 30 minute meeting to like walk me through how a thing works so I could stumble my way through learning about stuff. Uh, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I actually think that's super important as um, coming from a person who didn't know backend at all. Like there needs to be, personally, I feel like there needs to be someone to like turn on the lights kind of. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, for me, it was just like stepping into a dark room by myself and like there's no way for you to know which direction to look. It's a huge um, conceptual shift, at least for me. Like there's not a thing that you can look at to know if things are, you know, aligned you can't like click anything anymore to see if it works. It's yes. like um different frame of mind of how, like how am I going to go about testing and understanding what's going on? Yes, that's exactly it. I agree. And I feel like once you get over that hurdle, I don't know, I, I quite enjoy that yes. stuff more. <laughs> yeah, so like I think the initial probably 5% what's all it takes. And then you can start it because you know which direction to look now, you know to look at the um API docs for this like for Ruby, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So six months. I'm noticing a pattern. I'm just kidding. Okay, so you <laughs> stayed for six months. You're like, not for me or something. Happened. Oh, that company? Um, Yeah, probably, but also because my visa for the UK was coming up. I see. Ah. Yeah, and then startup has no way to sponsor my visa. That's a problem. So what'd you do? Uh, So I left the company and then started to look for a job again. And then uh, GitHub was throwing a drink up in London. A drink up? Yeah. So at the time it was still called Drink Up, and then like eventually we started calling it a meetup. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it was a drink. I remember up. those days. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I mean, it's it's technically more accurate to what a meetup is, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So actually, at the time, I debated for a really long time whether or not I should go because I'm a very shy person. I also don't feel like because I don't drink, I feel like I can't go to a drink mm. up. That's a problem with calling it a drink up. Yes. <laughs> but then eventually I did. And then I um, met some GitHubers there and they were really nice. And I eventually got the courage and be like, say that I actually really interested in maybe working at GitHub. Can I send you some of my stuff? And then that was how the interview process actually started. And then I got a job eventually. What, uh, what happened that convinced you to go to the the thing in the first place. Like, I'm shy. I don't want to even go and be around a bunch of strangers, but also I don't drink and it's called the drink up. Like what tipped you over the edge to say, this is something that I need to to push and do? So one of the things is that I got really into GitHub um, before <laughs> okay. the drink up happened. Probably, so at my last job before, before GitHub, we used like Git and GitHub a lot. And I actually contributed to Bootstrap in that six months. And that for me was a life-changing experience because I never thought that me as a person who are so far from uh, Silicon Valley can actually be on, like writing code in Twitter Bootstrap. And yeah. I think that's like crazy. And for example, after, uh, so my pull request did get merged. Nice. <laughs> and that was a really, really good feeling. That was my first open source pull request. And 
Mark Otto at the time, he was at GitHub, and then he interviewed me as well. And then in the interview, he was like, "Oh, you sent a pull request. I remember that." And that was just mind blowing for me. And I just really you re- should see me rebase. <laughs> <laughs> you really want your mind blown, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like for me, like um, being able to contribute to Twitter Bootstrap made me like GitHub the platform a lot, and that's why I re- was really super interested in working at GitHub. But also, uh, that day was my birthday, so it gave me extra coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good day. That's a really like stupid excuse, but I think like it did make me push myself a lot more. Like I should just try this for myself once, and if it goes horrible, then whatever. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty amazing what open source can, what doors it can open, in terms of just knowing people or adding that layer of context. If you're ever being interviewed by that person in the future, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Mark actually remember my name from that request, but maybe when he looked up this person he's gonna interview, he saw that. But yeah. I think it does make a difference. I think for. Basically forever until this last year, I was really into like the concept of open source, but I was pretty scared to put anything out there. Not even to mention like opening a pull request because like mm. I'm not worthy or I'm gonna get shit on or I'm, yeah. I'm scared of being wrong. I'm curious how like what advice you would have. I, we've open sourced a bunch of stuff since, but I just remember that feeling. So I'm wondering what advice you'd have to someone that might be nervous about contributing to open source or wants to get involved. Yeah, I definitely remember when I opened the first pull request、um, to Bootstrap. I was thinking that there's no way that me as a just nobody can spot a bug in Twitter Bootstrap, like like where Twitter people definitely know a lot more than me. But I think open source is amazing nowadays. With sorry, I just. I work at GitHub, and I feel like I'm plugging the platform, but that's okay. So, so GitHub does a great job of making this stuff possible. <laughs> just because it's open, so it actually give you the opportunity to just read what people have done, and、yeah. so you can、um, easily learn from what other people are doing openly already. And I think that eliminates eliminates a lot of the fear that I had because. Like if you can see people do this repeatedly for a hundred times, eventually you feel like, oh, I can maybe do that too. And I think just like see as look at people as much as possible, it just creep on people's project. <laughs> <laughs> just lurk for a while. Yeah. So if you want to contribute to a project, just watch the repository and then see like people sending pull requests and then learn what they say and what the maintainers ask of them, and then remember how to do them. <laughs> Yeah, and also I think、um, things being open makes it possible for you to imagine that people doing these open source projects are just people like me. Like we're just writing code, committing. Like with the commit message, you're just a name. Yeah,、like、it doesn't matter who you are. Everyone's just doing their best, and probably. Shipping bugs that need fixed at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and then like another good practice is to go to a awesome developer's Git commit history and then see the typos they made and then be like, <laughs> "You're only human." See、yeah. how often their pull request or their commit was titled "fuck." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a very fun、uh, pastime. Is we I go to our repo and just search for like 
God damn it. Or uh, I fucked up. <laughs> it's a lot of or issues. fucking Safari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there will be a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah. And then you can actually search that to find out browser, browser bugs. Mm. So that's actually kind of useful. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Safari. Oh, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you went to the drink up, met some GitHubbers, and, and was that when you started applying or did that come later? Yeah, that was when exactly the application process started with that email. I see. And then I started, I did some phone screens and then eventually they flew me out to San Francisco and then I got a job. You got a job as a product, product designer? designer? Yes. Why that? Like, um, you, you had a ton of development experience as well. Rails, like pretty good compatibility with, with their stack, right? Yes. So that's actually also what GitHub was looking for at the time. Well, because GitHub wasn't that big yet, mm. because and then they GitHub had the um at the time they were really vocal about the fact that designers shouldn't just just designer shows the code, mm-hmm. and so I like that. I never wanted to not code. Yep, and that's why I that's one of the appeal of the job, and so I just really want to keep doing that. That's great. Yeah. So what what did you start working on? Uh, I actually got hired into the billing team. <laughs> the billing team? Yes. Okay. Just the user setting billing page. Mm-hmm. And then um, I then, I think because the company was, it was 150 people, but it still felt like a small community. And at the time, there were still no managers. So there were no a lot of, not a lot of structures and you find things to do on your own. So a lot of things I did was just like looking at the issue list and then see what bugs I can fix. So eventually I make a lot of front-end fixes, a lot of accessibility fixes, and then just help out here and there. That was mostly my first two years. And building thing doesn't ha- didn't have that much to do. I see. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the design side, I mean, yeah. God damn, that billing page looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I help out with um, education side a bit. And cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you still do that now? Do you still work on education stuff at all now? Or was that just like back then? Uh, no, that was just a one project that they okay. couldn't find a designer for. Yeah. Did they ask you to move to San Francisco when you joined up? No, GitHub never cared where I live really. So when I joined, I was in London. And then my visa expired two months after I joined. And I just had to go somewhere. And initially, I had no idea about the states uh, visa process mm-hmm. i thought i could just get a visa and then move to the u.s instead directly from the uk and that that wasn't how it works surprise <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so i actually became nomadic for a bit because at the time i really didn't want to go back to taiwan at all and so i was nomadic for maybe two years okay on and off okay and, where'd you go oh i stayed in berlin for a while uh, a bunch of European countries just because it was easy to stay. And then I also lived in Japan for three months. Nice. Yeah. How'd you like the nomadic uh, lifestyle? Was it productive, disruptive, fun? Uh, it definitely takes a lot of getting used to. <laughs> and I think it was very fun. And it was also amazing that the job gives me the flexibility to do it. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't keep doing it, really. It was tiring still so I've, I've heard that it's like really fun but it's also pretty exhausting it seems like yeah and then you can't ever have anything like can't have possessions mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
And I like furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted seems to like design maybe the worst chair, possession <laughs> yeah. to try traveling with. Uh, yeah. Going to nomad your couch over to Japan real quick. <laughs> Where'd you settle down when you were done being nomadic? Taiwan. I eventually went back just because I wouldn't have a visa problem. But at the time, um, GitHub started to set up an entity in Japan and an entity in the Netherlands. And I considered both and then decided it was probably not worth it just because I would be there just for the sake of being there. Mm-hmm. So I settled back down in Taiwan. And that was actually good because it, will, it was my first time living in Taipei as an adult because I left when I was 19. Sure. Yeah. And then I finally get to experience the city. But and did you like it more than, than when you were growing up? Yes. I love it. I didn't huh. want to leave. <laughs> Some but, things are better as an adult, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so when I was in high school, like my dad just drive me to all the places. Yeah. So I never have to remember what's north and what's east. And <laughs> I yeah. don't know where things are. And then huh. as an adult, you navigate by yourself and you just know, and then you started to like have a list of places that you love and go to go all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so just recently you moved to the US. Yes. I moved to New York three months ago. What led to that decision? I got a visa. <laughs> so I tried the H1B lottery for four years and then eventually got that. Got it at the year that Trump was elected. And Oof. so, nice. and then I actually, so during those years of uh, being nomadic and then uh, struggling to decide whether or not I should settle back down in Taiwan, I actually given what had given up on the idea of moving to the US altogether just because I feel like I can't put my life on hold just to wait for this possibility. It's pretty random, right? Like the, it's it a lottery. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like the chance was also not that bad. I just had bad luck <laughs> I see. for four years straight. And, but then I eventually got it and then I debated for probably three months whether or not to move to the US. And then I decided that I should do it because it's once in a lifetime, really. Hmm. Why'd you choose New York? Because I didn't like San Francisco. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ever since joining the GitHub, I had to travel to San Francisco. Well, I I had the opportunities to travel to San Francisco a lot. And I like visiting a lot. There are a lot of tech people who mm-hmm. cares about exactly the same thing I care about. And I made a lot of good friends. But I also like friends in other disciplines. I <laughs> <laughs> also like, like there are the weed smells and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of GitHubers out in uh, out in New York. Yes, and also a lot of people recently moved there too. Yeah, and I think like, it's a uh, San Francisco and New York. Like a lot of people just keep moving back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So by coastal ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to return back to where this long um, conversation kind of started, which is you you were. GitHub as a product designer and eventually made the switch. Mm-hmm. And so we had started talking about like what was going on in your head, like in your life that finally tipped you over the edge. And that's when we started yeah. with your life story. So now we can finally answer. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I was saying when I, after I graduated, I realized I don't want to do furniture design as a job because I think it was wearing me down. Um, part of it was also because I think design is as a whole, a very frustrating experience for myself. 
because I feel like I can never do design as well as I imagine、uh, in my head. So that's why, as my first job, I try to look for foreign engineer position because I think the frustration alone wears me down, and I actually didn't want to do design, <laughs> even though I really like it. I can do it as a hobby,、hmm. and then. I think after a few years at GitHub, I, that also called out to me again that、um, doing design is frustrating to me. And I think in engineering, for me, there's、uh, oftentimes、uh, easier answers to the questions. By easier, I mean there's a black and white. Like yeah, either it some, works or there's some、not. level of correctness. Yes, available. Yeah, and design is too fluid for me to. <laughs> Especially in like a design tool, it can be like very unclear altogether. Like the the communication is left up to whoever is implementing it at the time.、It's、yeah, and also to the user, and each user might feel different, and that's also especially true with、um, a lot of、uh, accessibility fixes that we make. Like different tools and different people expect different outcomes.、Mm-hmm. How do you balance it all? And that was. And some people might still be using Internet Explorer ten. Yes. God damn it! Stop it. <laughs> yeah. And but with engineering, engineering make that question kind of easier. You either can use the function or not. Yes. So. The, yeah. Sorry, I, I'm venting a little bit. <laughs> no. We uh. That was a very gentle vent. Yeah. <laughs> We are missing some polyfills for IE ten. <laughs> And we get lots of reports about it. But the good thing is, GitHub we're gonna stop supporting an IE eleven. I think in September. Oh wow! Yeah, we had put a side banner on for like half a year now. That's great. And then、it、you'll、is. start supporting it again in December. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I don't have to feel bad about IE ten bugs. No. Because, oh, thank God. No one should. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I. Nice. Auto prefixer has defaulted to like last two versions, I think,、mm-hmm. or two latest versions for the longest time, and that's what I always chose as my like targets. It's like two last versions, sure, why not? <laughs> like of every major browser, that should be fine. Yeah, the only times it feels bad is if a person using that browser reaches out. Like we had someone reach out about a bug, and they were running macOS like ten dot eleven, and. Safari version like two. <laughs> they're like, yeah, the site doesn't really work. I'm like, ah,、uh, can you upgrade?、And、they're like, ah,、uh, no, not really. Like, ah,、uh, so frustrating, you know? Like, you want to support these people that are on older Safari machines. Safari two on ten dot eleven. I don't know what the version <laughs> matches were. Like the screenshots he sent me of the bugs were like, oh, you are on a very old system. Yeah. Like they weren't in a position where they could upgrade, and that、yeah. feels bad. Now I feel better just because like the version they are on probably have a ton of security bugs. So just for their own sake, even like not for the site working, they should yeah, upgrade. Yeah, we can't support、sake. those safety bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's insecure, and we don't want you to be harmed by it. Yeah, yes. You're about to get hacked. Yeah, like in a way, we kind of make our site break just so you upgrade, so it's safer <laughs> for you. <laughs> uh, that's a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. And so now、uh, we always like to end with what keeps you up at night. Now, now that you're in a new city and you've got this, you just joined this team fairly recently.、Uh, last March. So, w- what is it that you think about that like keeps you up at night? What What is it that you're concerned about or like thinking about all the time? Oh wow!、Uh, 
I think the thing that cost me the most stress recently was how I won't be able to do this job when I'm forty. Why? <laughs> like as you、uh, mentioned, like we polymer will have just reached one point oh. Yeah, like so. Uh, our team is trying a lot of new, like cutting edge things. I feel like, and then like trying to solve problems that don't exist on Stack Overflow is fun, but also stressful. And I feel like this amount of learning that you need to do and the thinking, I think it takes a really big mental toll on、mm. me. And then I just can't imagine doing that when I'm like probably my brain don't function as well. So, what does that mean for you? Do you envision switching to something less about programming, but still doing similar stuff? I don't know. Like managing would come to mind. Being an engineer, yeah, I think managing for me is a lot more stressful. <laughs>、yeah. So, I actually super enjoy being icy and don't ever want to change. And oh god, then you are in a real pickle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's why it keeps me up at night I because、see. I don't have a solution for this. Do y'all have advice for me? <laughs> um. <laughs> I think the less web components. Yeah, my my hunch would be use something that's documented. If it's if it's the experimental nature and like the constant unknowable stuff, maybe there are other interesting programming areas that would be fun and write your own framework. Have, have <laughs> more JS. That will also not be Stack Overflowable. That's okay. <laughs> making worse help. Someone else can worry about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.、Because、That's other、I'm, people's problems. Yeah, for you, people to search. You know how it works. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's great advice. So we'll keep、really? an eye out for Moen.js. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thank you. We'll use it. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. <laughs> yeah, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you coming by. Thank y'all. That was 252. Thanks so much to Muan for coming out here from New York and hanging out with us. Really appreciated that. It was fun to get to see her again. I hadn't seen her since last March when she was visiting from Taiwan. Let us know what you thought in、uh, our community at spectrum.chat/specfm. And of course, before you go, please, for the love of、um, design, for the love of Pete, Pete, whoever Pete is, for Pete's love, who's your Pete? Go to goabstract.com and start、uh, being. Start being abstract. Start being less concrete. Go to goabstract.com and get your designs get version you, controlled. I swear to get your designs. Get, get, get <laughs> your designs. Get on it. Version controlled.、Uh, start collaborating and building products. Better, safer, more secure.、Uh, If you haven't done this already, what are you waiting for? Version control is going to rock your world and make you、uh, a more effective and efficient designer. Go to goabstract.com. You can sign up、uh, today, and that first month is free. Abstract colon get on it. Get on it. Thanks, Abstract. Our second sponsor, of course, Swipees. Go get them at swipi.es. It is wet erase paper with a dot grid on the front that you can put your logo on, and they are magical and wonderful. And we use them every day and all the time. You can put whatever you want because you can just draw on them. You can. They are perfect for drawing, wireframing, taking notes, sharing with people. It is like a paper thin mobile whiteboard that doesn't get smudged. They're amazing. We love them. Stuff just comes off with water, but if if it's not wet, it won't come off. It's great. So go to swipi.es. That's Swipeys, and use the promo code SpecFM. That's gonna save you ten percent off your whole order. 
the whole dang thing. The whole darn thing. Thank Thanks, you Gailey. to Swipeys and Abstract for making this episode possible. We'll see you next week.